Welcome to the live show of Dave Lee on investing. This is where we're trying to reform our minds. We're trying to learn how to think critically, think independently, not follow the herd, but actually look beneath the surface of things and look at things from different angles and hopefully in the process become better investors. Today we have um, a special episode here. We're going to be taking a first look at Square. Um, the stock symbol is SQ and we're going to look at the core kind of essence of what uh, Square's business is and we're going to look at kind of of what the potential challenges but also um, benefits ahead that Square has. All right, um, hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, so um, yesterday um, during our live stream, actually, um, B4YN said, a question, Square earnings is in two days. So that's actually tomorrow. What are you looking to hear most about? What would you, um, what would make you more bullish on the company? And um, that question got me thinking a bit more. And you guys can go ahead and thank this guy, uh, B4YN, for that question. It really got me um, looking into Square a bit more. I've been looking at Square the past maybe two months or so. And I'm still a newbie on kind of Square. Um, I just downloaded the Cash App a few weeks ago, tried it out, deposited some money, um, tried to buy you know a, a fractional share uh, today through the Square Cash App. And I'm still learning about the company. But I want to take you guys through kind of my initial steps of how I process, how I research a company and what what I'm looking for in terms of growth. All right, if you guys can hear this in the live stream, go ahead and give me a thumbs up and that uh, that'd be great. Okay, so to understand Square as a company, you have to understand that Square is actually divided into two sections. One is the seller kind of services and the other is the cash app, which is directed more to consumers. So if you look at the first kind of essence of what Square, the company is, it's directed to um, to seller services basically. And here you have like Square for retail and, and this is what a lot of people kind of understand Square to be initially, which is like you have the Square kind of like reader that you stuck you, st you stick into your um, uh, smartphone, right? Or your iPad or something and you're able to go ahead and take transactions very quickly. And that's kind of the first product that Square released to the marketplace. However, it wasn't kind of the ultimate vision of Square, right? Square's vision is far greater and it's to pr um, provide uh, ecosystem to democratize business for people. So they're trying to get um, businesses and individuals, right? Even the small fry person uh, to be able to have a chance at making a successful business without having to go through all of the hurdles and difficulties in terms of setting up credit card, you know, um, merchant accounts and transactions and accounting. And they're even trying to help small businesses go into marketing, right? Actually reach their customers. And so you have customer engagement, which is actually reaching out to customers, right? Who have actually maybe transacted. They're doing payroll, um, invoicing, appointments, um, they have Square Capital, so if your business needs a loan, then uh, Square can go ahead and extend the loan to you. Um, they're doing e-commerce, Square Card, which is something that you can use. So go ahead, uh, sign up for a Square Card, and you can go ahead and um, use your Square Card as a kind of a debit card. And then they have Virtual Terminal, developer for developer. Per, uh, platform is square for restaurants. So <clears throat> I like to look at this kind of um, as 
different categories. So you have like the retail transactional side of Square, right? So that's where they actually have the, the merchant kind of the credit card transaction services. But then they also have the back end where Square is trying to help these businesses uh, engage customers, right? Uh, do payroll, invoicing, invoicing. Then you have the capital side, and then you have more of a electronic kind of e-commerce internet side of the business, right? And this is um, what I think is going to be one of the most important uh, parts of the business going forward. All right, so um, here's um, Square says our seller ecosystem. This is from uh, Q4 earnings in February. Uh, continued to grow in the fourth quarter with total net revenue and gross profit growing 26 to 27 percent year over year. So their seller ecosystem is still growing. Um, this is one of their kind of main uh, business focuses for the past, you know, um, since their inception. And if you look at um, uh, Square's growth over time, um, and this is kind of their first, the blue uh, section is their whole uh, seller ecosystem services. And so if you notice, they started out at $345 million gross profit, um, and now they're boosted up to $1.4 million gross, gross profit, the seller gross profit. And we'll talk about this green section, which is the cash app. And um, that's actually the mo more exciting part of S Square, I think. All right, so the seller ecosystem, uh, they, according to Square, represents an $85 billion opportunity. You have transactional profits, which means basically mean every time you go somewhere, you have um, uh, to swipe your credit card, right? And Square can get a, a percentage of that. I think there's like 2.6% or so, plus 10%. Plus ten cents or so. They have a software side, a Square Capital side, and financial services. Next. Um, and this is kind of like what I think is perhaps maybe the transformational uh, moment for um, Square. And th this is basically the Cash app. And um, all right, actually, this is kind of fun. Actually, I get to talk with uh, talk with you guys. Here's Dankus Ranch says, Dave, I see this pandemic as the death of small business. Isn't this Square's bread and butter? Okay, so um, you have to divide up Square's business, right? You have the transactional side, the seller ecosystem side. So we go back to here, right? And I think uh, if you don't really grasp Square, you look at it as just, oh, it's just kind of retail, right? But Square is actually... Uh, marketing too, right? They're helping these small businesses market, which is more important. They're doing payroll, of course, not being there's not many people doing payroll appointments, etc. Maybe lending capital, but they're probably not even doing that because they're doing like um, these small businesses are doing the payroll protection. So yeah, I mean, Square is going to get hit right in the short term on this side of the transactional volume, but. Um, Squares also ha has e-commerce, right? And so e-commerce in a lot of ways um, still is, uh, could be very robust even in the pandemic situation. However, Square um, is not just seller ecosystem. It's not just credit card transactions. It's actually the cash app, which is, um, this is the second part of Square. It's the newer part of Square, and it's actually often the misunderstood part of Square. And I'm going to kind of go into this more. All right, Islam Mohammed says machine learning enable microfinance with Square. Yeah, so um, this is one of the advantages that Square does have. They they are adept with using machine learning to try to get like loans out to people to try to like uh, approve people quickly for transactions. Um, yeah, so it's actually definitely one of the things. Mahogany Wilson says definitely has have been having my eye on Square. All right, Dinim says everything okay, but is there any long term vision there? Right. Um, all right. So yeah, this is 
going to be interesting for you guys. So the Cash app um, is on the iOS, iOS app store and the Google Play store. And in the Cash app, you can get a cash card, which is like a physical card that you can go and use it as a debit card. And you can also use the Cash app to send money to friends and family or just to different people. And it's kind of like a PayPal, right, in a sense. And then within the Cash app, you have these things called boosts. And boosts are things that you get discounts for various things. For example, if you order food at DoorDash, you get a 10% off of your order. Um, and there's a bunch of different boosts, right? Probably dozens. And, and every time right, a person uses a boost, Square probably gets a big cut right, of that as well. And then uh, last quarter in Q4, uh, Square uh, announced stocks, right? So you can buy fractional shares in stocks. And I'm just starting to, you know, try this out. It's going to be interesting. I kind of prefer actually if they would actually allow people just to take, you know, ownership of full shares. I think fractional shares is kind of like a headache in my opinion. I wish they would just do more of a traditional, you know, regular one share, 10 share, but, um, and allow fractional shares if, you know, people want to. Um, you can do direct deposit in Square, which basically means it kind of can replace your bank account because um, instead of getting your direct deposit sent to your bank account, you get your direct deposit sent to your cash app. And then from your cash app, you can go ahead, invest in stocks, you could spend it right on services, you could give it to, you know, send it to people. Um, and then you can also buy Bitcoin, right? And um, yeah, someone asked about if I've invested in Bitcoin, I'll answer that question probably maybe toward the end of the, the, the talk. Um, and then, of course, in the in the middle and the center is P2P. All right. So um, here's a uh, Doug uh, Spath Cook says, how does Cash App make any money given they provide such awesome boost discounts? Yeah, I mean, you've got to understand, like, there's a lot of margin in a lot of these businesses, especially for initial customer acquisition. So, for example, um, you know, if it's your first time ordering right on some service or even if you do like a Walmart service, right? And you think that, oh yeah, I'm getting like five or 10%, right? By using Square for the first time. But for Walmart, they're looking at it as a lifetime acquisition, right? The value of a customer over their lifetime. And they're thinking, yeah, if we get this customer to actually buy something from our store, that customer can give us, let's say three, four, five hundred $500 or even $1,000 over their lifetime. So they're willing to pay, let's say like 50 bucks or 100 bucks or 200 bucks for that first initial customer. And that's where actually uh, Square can make, I think, quite a bit of money. But also ongoing transactions too, right? Square, because they're saving kind of on the whole credit card transaction in within the Square app. So if you use the Square app to buy something, um, let's say DoorDash or something, you're not, you're saving on the credit card fees, right? That's almost like 2.6% could even be more. And then DoorDash also gets kind of, you know, the ability to correspond and interact with these customers. So it's, it's going to add up to um, a decent amount. And sure, DoorDash discounts, right? But in, in a way they can, um, uh, they eat into some of their margin for additional volume through Square customers. All right. Um, someone is asking above here, um, What's the difference between PayPal um, and, uh, yeah, so Alberto Nicodemoff says, how do you compare Square to PayPal? So Square, as you know, they have the Venmo app, which is, you know, v very similar in some ways where you can send money, uh, you know, P2P, basically peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, and they also have, you know, similar services, right? They do loans, um, like, 
you know, PayPal, they do, you know, payroll, they're getting to many, many services. So Square, um, PayPal is probably one of the most direct competitors. The other competitor to Square, I think is going to be is Stripe. And Stripe is on more of the developer side. And we can talk about some of this stuff more going forward. Um, if you want to ask questions, actually, during my talk and after my talk, um, go ahead and, and add the all caps, uh, quote unquote, question and a colon mark and add your question so that's going to be easier for me to read the comments and quickly um, get the essence of you know what people are asking for uh, so this user says what is square's moat right and um, we're going to look into this the moat of square um, and i think uh, square actually has an interesting moat um, and um, here's basically the start of the moat right um, and it's basically users. Here's the cash app monthly actives over time. In December of 2017, it was 7 million people monthly actives. Then in December of 2018, you have basically a 100% jump to 15 million uh, users. And then in December of 2019, you have a, another jump uh, to 24 million users. So. The essence of this cash app is it's growing kind of user base, right? And what that means. So we're, let's look into this a bit more. Um, here we have um, how cash app, how, how Square is driving engagement. And if you look at this, um, let's scroll in a bit. So you have a peer to peer, and that's the the, the genesis, right? So that's the core of cash app. And then the added cash card where you can actually spend stuff, right? Get a card and get it gets basically uh, deducted from your cash um, account. And this was in a lot of ways um, what Elon Musk was trying to build. Here's David um, Wildby says, is Square simply trying to build what Elon says PayPal should have become? If you do ABC, you suck up all the money sell. Yeah, so Elon has um, notably said that in the past he wished and he hoped and he wanted PayPal to become kind of a, a replacement for bank where all you for banks, all you or all you need to do is once you get money inside the PayPal system, you never have to leave the PayPal system, right? And therefore, it would uh, render banks obsolete or or uh, pointless, right? Because you wouldn't need a bank. And so Elon's mindset was with with PayPal back in the day, if he would have stayed a CEO, a CEO was hey, just add on incrementally all the services that a bank would provide, like right? so get direct deposits, right, from your your checking or for your from your uh, company for your payroll and then go ahead and get loans if you need that get the debit card because you'll need that debit card give them rewards right cash rewards or different rewards um, so they don't have to go and buy a credit card and uh, even give them investing right stocks and stuff and give them a way to send money to people right um, and all of these things that Elon had in mind um, Square is implementing uh, slowly but surely over time, right? Um, so they did the cash card where you can kind of replace your credit card. Then they have direct deposit. You can get directly, you know, deposited your payroll into Square. You have Bitcoin investing, and then you have boosts. Boosts are basically kind of Square's form of, you know, credit card rewards where you get basically discounts or coupons, right, for transactions. And then uh, just recently, and this is actually a lot of you guys, you might not have noticed this, but Square actually added right stocks, right, investing where you can do fractional shares and stuff just in Q4. And so slowly but surely, um, yeah, Square is is taking kind of Elon's advice. And it's kind of interesting because Jack Dorsey kind of, you know, looks up to Elon um, and has had him on with a couple of uh, Square's company talks. And even Jack Dorsey, he was saying he listens to um, Tesla's quarterly 
conference calls, right? This was in the Joe Rogan interview recently that I watched. And so you got to think like, hey, if uh, Jack Dorsey admires, you know, Elon Musk, wouldn't Jack Dorsey kind of take the advice of Elon Musk when it in regards to financial services. And I think actually that's what Jack Dorsey has done. Um, it remains um, to be seen exactly how um, well Square is going to execute this going forward in the long term. But let's take a deeper look again. All right. Um, here's Jason Vespa. I wish Cash App was in Australia so I could find, I could try it out as part of research. Yeah, definitely. You want to try out this stuff, right? Um, I would actually encourage people before like, hey, you know, having this fear of missing out, this FOMO of buying Square, like, hey, take a break, you know, do some actual research, right? Ask people like, hey, are you using Square app? Are you using, or Cash App? Are you using Venmo? What's the difference? Actually deposit some money in, you know, do a, uh, a boost, like get involved with the actual product, right? And actually get involved with the ground research of how people are using, right, these products. And the two big ones, at least in the US, are Square's Cash App and PayPal's Venmo app, right? That has really taken off in terms of peer-to-peer here and other things. Um, yeah, Jason, I think you noted an interesting thing also is that Square actually does have international growth aspirations. And so that's something that, yeah, you definitely want to, um, to look at too. All right. Um, here we have a revenue per customer. This, so this is uh, solely for the cash app. And right now they have an annualized revenue of $30 per customer. And I think this is probably one of the most bullish kind of things that attract my attention for um, Cash App. And it's even, it's not $30 for the past 12 months, but it's probably the last like month of Q4. So let's say December, they were able to get like two and a half dollars uh, per active uh, user, right? For December. And that equals a $30 um, annual kind of run rate. And so if you look at this, this is kind of like their revenue per monthly transacting. And this is $10 and $20. And so over time, they're able to uh, monetize, increase the monetization um, for their Cash App uh, users. And um, yeah, I think as more people use the app, right, um, they're taking advantage of different boosts and different things like that, where they're able to monetize. All right. so. First, Cash App starts out usually with peer-to-peer. -peer. So usually they end, up, they end up downloading because someone they want to send some money to people, right? And then they get a cash card, right? And they start using it as a debit card and they start taking advantage of boosts. And then they start doing direct deposits, right? Their payroll into their cash account. Um, and then they go into stocks and they buy some Bitcoin as well. All right, so let's go ahead and um, look a little bit more in Cash App. So I'm going a, a bit deep into Cash App because I think this is one of the most kind of underlooked um, or under underestimated things. Here, um, it says that, yeah, they've, they're growing revenue 140%, 104%. Uh, they have 24 million monthly actives like we shared earlier. But here's kind of like um, some interesting things here. Um, actually, I want to move on to this here, is um, investing. So they have investing in the first um, three months, right? The customers are taking advantage. Average customer is buying around $20 worth of stock, right? And so this is kind of like something where you never, the goal is you never have to take your money out of the Square ecosystem because now you could even invest, right, into um, stocks. Um, so 
In the fourth quarter of 2019, Cash App revenue was 361 bucks. But if you exclude Bitcoin, the revenue was 183 million dollars, right? Um, and the gross profit was 144 million dollars. And so you see, like, actually, out of 183 million dollars, um, they're making a gross profit of about 144 million dollars. And I know this because. With Bitcoin, uh, the way uh, Square works is Bitcoin is not making much money at all on Bitcoin. It's like basically an at-cost venture for Square. So whatever Bitcoin comes in with revenue, they're just sending it out with the cost of revenue. I think it's kind of weird to me, but it seems to me that Square is actually like taking in like orders and then buying Bitcoin. And so like the revenue that comes in is that actual purchase price of Bitcoin and the cost of revenue is actually what it costs for them to get the Bitcoin. And so it's not really like a viable business model in my way. It's more like a service, right? That doesn't really make money for, for Square at all. And so, um, yeah, so out of the $183 million gross profit or yeah, gross uh, or revenue, here's a the revenue, they have $140 million or so gross profit and this is actually quite amazing right they have a huge margin on the on the cash app right now um, and this is actually very bullish going forward now um, I went to sensortower.com this is where you can look at um, app analytics and you can go ahead and take a look at and to see um, um, what's going on here and actually this is actually a good question by Justin uh, Justin says are small businesses adopting square at a rate to justify the company's valuation and I would say yeah that's not the exciting part of square to me actually the whole small business transactional side I mean they've got some interesting stuff with like letting you know businesses like remarket or market to customers and doing their payroll and invoicing and loans etc but yeah I don't think that type of um, market or that side of the business necessarily is what's going to do a 10x right that stuff is i think growing not as fast as i think um, it needs to for a company to do some crazy outsized gains um so here we have um and that's why i'm looking to cash app and see what is the potential behind this so in march of 2020 here's march of 2020 you have 2 million downloads um, this is on iOS, right, in the U.S. actually. Um, this is actually quite amazing. Um, Two million downloads in the U.S. on iOS alone is um, is a lot. And um, yes, uh, if you look at here, here's the ranking. And this is um, across all categories. So this is like the top of the top. We're competing against Facebook and, you know, all of the top, top apps here. And um, here you have... This is uh, rank one and rank 20. And so you have, you know, square around number 10 or so. So this is actually um, quite amazing. Number 10 in the entire iOS app store, right? Um, across all categories. And so here's Yankee says, um, what differs square from its competition? Yeah, I think um, a couple things uh, differs. First is this right here, right? Like um, Venmo actually, surprisingly, is actually also a top 20 uh, finance app. So I wouldn't you know, bet against a PayPal um, by any means either. But you see Square Cash App and Venmo are basically the, the two consumer finance apps that have you know, boosted to the top of the app stores. And this is what is driving um, adoption. What's great about this is you don't 
uh, have to pay as much because the rankings give you the adoption as well. They're, the rankings are promoting themselves, right, at the highest of the app store. So it's giving millions and millions of downloads for, for both Square Cash App and for Venmo. Um, and the other thing about Square, which is this different, is I think Square has more of a, a complete or a bigger ecosystem. I think the first time I looked at Square a few months ago, I was kind of like, ah, it's like I'm not seeing the, the big potential behind um, the whole seller ecosystem, right? I mean, I see it, but I, I think they're just moving so slow. And I felt like Stripe was a much better, faster executing um, company. However, when I took another deeper look and I started to do a deep dive on Jack Dorsey, and I basically listened to about five of his interviews at length. They're about 30, 40 minute, 50 minute interviews or so. And I started to get into his mind of like, what is Square? Like, what is he trying to do? And then it clicked. There was this one interview or a couple where he said he's trying to democratize finance or banking. And he wants um, people because with when you start a business, etc., like you need to access like different things like payroll and banking and invoicing and all this stuff and and merchant accounts and it's difficult for the small fry to do that but what Jack Dorsey has in mind is he wants to democratize right business he wants to allow people even if they don't have the finances and they don't have all the expertise to quickly get their businesses up and running and on the flip side for the individual he wants to democratize banking he wants um, people to have access to banking functions which is you know, A, they get interest, A, they get investing, A, they can send their money, they can quickly, they can store it in a safe place. He wants the basic banking functions for as many people as possible. It's a democratization of banking that Square is after. And I think of the different um, kind of companies out there, Square's vision and what they're trying to do actually is um, very, very close to, I think, what Elon's kind of type of initial vision of PayPal was, is to democratize, kind of render the banking industry obsolete. Um, Stripe is another company which is like mega, mega, ultra fast executing company. And um, they're more focused on the developer side. And they have amazing tools um, for developers to quickly get up and running and take take payments online. And I think that's one of the weak weak areas for Square. They really need to up their game with um, with merch, with online uh, API processing. I think they really need to take on um, Square, which they are. You know. Um, all right. And um, here's Ming. It says question: Do you think Square is expanding new products at Tesla speed? Yeah. You know. Um, that is a kind of a, a, a weak, uh, interesting factor. I mean, I have a friend who used to work at Twitter, and he used to complain a lot at how Twitter was run. He just said it was just a mess, you know, operational mess. And I'm just not clear in terms of you know how how good an executor right Jack Dorsey is. It seems like to this point though, he's made what's most important happen, right? He's made not just the seller ecosystem for Square happen, but he's made this cash app happen. And through experimentation, some of it just pure luck, right? He's hitting on some core features that are just, you know, growing. And he's able to monetize, right, these features. Like, think about it. Um, okay, you have a $30 per active user, right, annualized revenue rate. But if you look at this, um, you have 24, okay, so you have 24 million, right, monthly active users, and at an annualized revenue rate of $30, right, that's what 600, or it's like what 720 million dollars in revenue. And, I mean, if we're looking at gross profit of maybe 60 or 70 percent, even off of just these numbers, maybe it's like maybe it's like 500 million dollars gross gross profit or so. 
This is gross profit that they didn't have just a couple years ago, right? That they can use to cover their expenses, etc. Now, if this, if you boost up this number, let's boost it up to 100 million, right? This goes up by four. So now you have a $2 billion gross profit just by boosting up the number of monthly active users to 100 million. Of course, this is going to take a few years. You're not going to see 100 million users this year, obviously. But look at the download rate. Look at the, look at the charts. And you can see that, A, in two or three years, I say 24, 24, yeah, maybe in three years or so, um, you could see possibly Square App, um, and including international expansion, right? Possibly be 100 million people. And if they can then increase this average monthly right, revenue to $50, or let's do $60 per user. And the thing, whole thing about finance, this is the financial world, guys. I mean, think about it. The YouTube channels that are making the most with ad revenue are usually, I don't want to say the most, but probably the most, are these financial channels, right? And, um, and yeah, it's like, and that's why you get like everyone, you know, trying to make a financial channel. So guys, be careful with who you listen to here. Um, but yeah, so let's say you do 60 bucks per, per user per year. That basically makes it $4 billion in gross, re gross profit, right? And that's far more than you know their all their operating expenses, and so, um, and then if you project this out to ten years down the road, right, it can actually get a little bit more bullish. So, yeah, this is an um, interesting thought exercise here. All right, um, here's uh, Stuart Abel regarding those without banking access. If Square monetizes the subscription to Cash App, do you think people will be resistant and bail to a free competitor? Yeah, actually, no. Square is not going to make the Cash App uh, a paid type of you know, walled garden, right? The Square app is, or the Cash App is going to be free, right? It's going to be free to bring in your money and to spend your money. The way they monetize it is through these extra services, right? They monetize it through, let's say, you know, these offers, these boosts, and different ways to spend money that they take a cut, right? It's kind of like affiliate cuts and commission cuts and stuff like that. And so they're going to monetize it, not in the entrance, but through right how it, people naturally spend money. Like think about it, like some of the biggest um, affiliate programs are these credit cards, right? If you uh, go to a website and they get you to sign up for like an American Express credit card through their website, we're talking about, I think it's like two, 300 bucks they get just for, actually don't quote me on this, but you can do your own research, but in just getting you right, uh, recommending you, referring you to sign up for a credit card, like it's like in the hundreds of dollars actually that they get just for you signing up, right? So this is big, big monetization opportunities, right? Uh, just to get, you know, um, signed up for services. And think about it, could Square offer life insurance? Yeah, why not, right? If could Square offer like home insurance? Yeah, why not, right? There's different things that um, Square could get into, um, but they're definitely not gonna monetize the interest, right? It's gonna be free um, for people going in. Yeah, Gene uh, Jacket says, Jack Dorsey is a huge proponent of Bitcoin and the crypto aspect is the most interesting part of Square. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I have my reservations with Bitcoin, you know, and um, yeah, I, I kind of go more in line with Elon's view of Bitcoin. I don't think it's going to be the default currency. I don't think it's going to take over fiat. And while I admire Jack Dorsey's, you know, attempts with Bitcoin, I think it shows flexibility. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, have not caught on to the Bitcoin train.
All right, Roman Ogorod says, what could be potential risk for Square in the near future? What could affect its revenue significantly? Yeah, so there's two things going on here. One is we have to see short term, right? Near term, as you say. And yeah, there's a lot of hit with the economy, right? This pandemic has just wiped out small businesses um, in a lot of ways, right? And so um, you're going to see probably on the seller ecosystem side of Square, like a lot of the transactional value, uh, transaction volume go down. And so you're going to see a hit to that. However, um, if you look at kind of, um, yeah, these charts, right? This is actually from January to now. Square is like top averaging 20 in terms of ranking for the cash app. This means that they're gaining, you know, and this is not the Google Play Store. This is just the iOS App Store. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're gaining like a good, what, one to two million users per per month, right? Um, so yeah, when they announce earnings tomorrow, um, we're gonna see how many cash right app monthly monthly active users they have, and it's possible they have over thirty million by now, and that's pretty much the most the biggest bullish sign for cat for Square going forward. I think is that that part of the business is just growing so fast, right? It's like growing at fifty to to hundred percent rate, right? The seller transactional side can't compete with that side. So, um, yeah, the biggest kind of uh, risk for Square is more of the the seller side, but you know, that's growing slower anyways. And the biggest kind of um, upside is the consumer side, which is what we can see just by these these iOS uh, charts. It's growing pretty fast. All right, 50DMIA says, uh, do you happen to have Elon's plan for PayPal? I'm curious to find out what his plan was. Yeah, this is just through, um, um, this is just through actually the, his interviews. He's, he's referred to this several times. And his whole thing has been saying like his plan for PayPal was to replace banks. And the way to do that was just systematically include every function that the bank provides and give and add that onto PayPal so people never have a reason to uh, withdraw their money from the ecosystem, right? And that's the essence of Elon's vision for PayPal. And this is what the potential for a square might be. All right, P.S. Uh, Fry says, how is customer growth a moat? What creates a moat um, uh, that other services like Ally Bank, PayPal, Venmo, or Zelle can't copy? It must be a proprietary service or patented physical product. Yeah, this is actually, in my opinion, more of a network effects play. So with network effects, what that means is when you add an additional customer, that additional customer adds value to an entire network of people and therefore makes the entire network more valuable. So for example, let's say there was um, uh, rather than 30 million or 20, rather than 20 million, right, Square Cash, uh, cash App users, there's 40 million Cash App users. So th- is it more valuable than network? And I would say, yeah, because first you can send money to more people, but then also, with that many more people, now you have these uh, retailers. And let's say Square Cash App, and I hope Square actually listens to this or actually already has this idea. I'm sure they do. But um, if Square can get into kind of like what PayPal is doing, where you can buy stuff right online using your Square account, um, and I guess they already have that in a sense through their whole you know Square debit card, right? But if they can actually make the the, the transaction really quick as well, um, like checkout by Square, etc. What you have is you have more and more retailers just adopting right Square, and so you have kind of like the entire network of sellers, an entire network of con- consumers, all put together, 
and all of this just adds value to the network. And so if you want to, like, you're going out to dinner and you just want to send some money to someone, you just pay with your cash app. If everywhere is accepting cash app, you just do that and you get like a bigger, maybe better reward, right, from the Square Cash app. And so this network effect is something that's going to be very hard to compete with. Uh, Venmo is not trying to do this as well. They're one of the biggest consumer apps as well. Uh, Rajika Shore Balabrina says, could it be a platform for managing all personal finance? Yeah, I mean, if you're already going into taking loans and also, let's say, investing into stocks, and if you do like mutual funds, and if you do like, you know, savings for, let's say, you know, have different savings account in your cash app for your kids, retire, uh, kids college fund, etc. And if you can go ahead and give like life insurance, like I mentioned before, and different just financial services, um, yeah, you know, uh, get into mutual funds, etc. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, like personal finance. Um, yeah, definitely can be disrupted. Um, and what better way to disrupt the personal finance world than through the app store? Right? Look at TikTok. You know, how did TikTok become TikTok? It became TikTok because of the app stores, right? The rankings just completely reinforced, right? The downloads where you just had, you know, tens of millions of people just download this app and continue to use it. It's the best and cheapest way, I think, to go viral if you're able to create an, um, an app like that. Um, Astro Boom says, does Cash App have any technological advancement that others just can't copy? Is the technological advancement relevant in their game? Yeah, so a couple things. One is from my understanding and what Jack Dorsey says is they actually do, do use a lot of machine learning to vet right people. So, you know, um, if they find someone suspicious, they might slow down the ability for that person to pay. But otherwise, right, they, they're, they're just better at vetting the people. And that's going to be one of the biggest advantages that Square has going forward. The other thing is, uh, Cash App has, I think, a UI or UX advantage too. They're just, it's just easy to use. What I'm going to do is um, at the end of this video, um, in the video description, I'm going to add my um, invite link for Cash App. And if you use the link, supposedly you get five bucks, I get five bucks. So we both benefit. I think if you just sign up, you don't get five bucks. So use my link, you know, and then try it out. And you'll see it's so easy actually to input to add money. You just add like your um, debit card number and then it stores it and that and then you go in and in three seconds you can add like 20 bucks to your cash app from your bank account um, it's actually quite amazing some of the the user interface that they've done uh, go ahead and yeah definitely um, definitely go ahead and do that Uh, Aiden Vogel says, what do you think Square's outlook for competing and investing platforms will be in the future? Do you think it will bring in extra capital? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's possible. It's just that they've got a lot to work on, you know? I mean, yeah, just doing fractional shares, I don't think it's going to cut it. To become a real investment platform, they really have to up their game. And that's their homework, right? They've got a lot of work cut off for them. And um yeah, so um, Islam Muhammad says, downloads not equal users. The key is to create engagement, maybe synergy with Twitter. Yeah, so that's why, like, for example, they're getting 2 million users for iOS. And let's say they get 2 million for Android. That's 4 million per month. Over three months, that's 12 million users. But I don't think they're going to actually increase their monthly actives by 12 million. Let's cut it in half, right? So 6 million or even 5 million or so. Um, and so you might have, like, you know, definitely lower numbers for monthly active users. And that's what supposedly the number that Square reports is a monthly active users. 
Yeah, Tomer says, um, so two to three billion in gross margins in three to four years, in a 20 to 30 multiple, that's only 60 billion market cap, so just a 2x company, your thoughts. Yeah, you've got to um, go ahead and make your own valuation call. I'm not going to give financial advice or investment advice to you. I'm going through, I'm giving like thinking exercise, right? I'm trying to help people think clearly through some of this stuff. But with in terms of gross margin, yeah, um, you've got to incorporate this into a bigger kind of, you know, napkin math, right? Watch some of my videos on napkin math. And you're not going to give a 20 or 30 time multiple, I think, um, uh, yeah, to a company that's growing super fast. And plus, this is just their cash app, right, section. There's also on the other section, the seller ecosystem section, right? And you've got to kind of look at when does this cap out? When does the whole cash app user growth cap out? Um, and you've got to kind of factor into that. And also, you've got to also factor in the, the monetization, right, per user that it could actually, I think, grow go much higher than even $100 per user per year. Just look at the financial industry and it's um, they're making actually quite a lot per user. All right, uh, Joker says, question, will you buy Square? Yeah, so this is a personal question. Um, I have bought, uh, purchased Square shares uh, probably like a month ago or more than a month ago actually. Um, and um, yeah, some something around there about a month ago. And um, yeah, I'm, spending my time analyzing the company i'm not desperate um we'll see uh you know how they what they report and um yeah i'm not one to kind of like pitch people to buy everything i'm buying um i think you got to make your own decisions and um yeah my kind of recommendation though is to go ahead and and to put some time to you know watch jack dorsey's videos to watch, read the annual reports for Square. Go to Square, Square's um, squareup.com, go into to their investor relations um, section, and go ahead and read through their annual reports, their quarterly reports, get a better idea, right? Download the cash app, spend some time um, researching before just you know trying to jump on something that maybe you might not understand. All right, so, um, yeah, this is a good one. Dinam84, is Square able to conquer or compete with Visa or MasterCard? Yeah, like Visa and MasterCard, man, they're behemoths, man. They're just like huge, you know, financial institutions, global, you know, umpires. Um, and I don't think Square is necessarily initially trying to compete with them um, head to head in any way right now. I think the long term, yeah, there is um, some way where if a if square can just internalize all the banking functions and even more functions of what a credit card does with like rewards and and paying back and you know interest all this stuff of loans then yeah square does become a competitor long term but i think square at least in their lingo and language right now they're careful to not pitch themselves as a competitor to mastercard and visa all right um let's uh look at some of their statements uh, financial statements and we're gonna look at a few things here so um, here is the last three months of 2019. And here we have transaction-based revenues giving $830 million. In the year, in the entire year of 2019, it's basically $3 billion in transactional revenue. Now the cost of this revenue to transaction-based cost is two, $2 billion, right? And so I take that as that's the cost that they're paying to, you know, probably the credit card companies and, and all the financial fees. And so they're making about $1 billion a year on transactional costs, usually, you know, probably mostly through their seller ecosystem. Um, and then 
they, they're going ahead and they have a subscription and service-based revenue. And in the quarter, it's about $280 million, And then over the year, it's a billion dollars, right? And a lot of this stuff is, for example, this service-based system. It's like, hey, they're marketing to their small businesses to reach out to their customers, right? They're doing different you know, invoicing and payroll and all this stuff. Um, and the subscription and service-based costs for the cost of revenue is $230 million. So they're actually making a good $800 million in their subscription and revenue. Next, you have hardware revenue, which is, you know, they're selling a point-of-sale systems and all that stuff. This is it's $22 million, $84 million over the year, and the cost of it is $136. So they're losing money. Um, yeah, they're losing a good $50 million on their hardware and because they want to subsidize, right? They want to, uh, sorry, we'll take this question out here. Um, they want to subsidize, right, the, the adoption of their whole system. And last, you have Bitcoin revenue. It comes in at 516 bucks or 516 million for the year, and their cost of revenue is 508 million. So they're making eight million dollars off of Bitcoin. It's basically nothing, right? I don't even know like why they include this. Right? They should. Um, anyways, yeah, that's uh, they're including it because yeah, I guess somehow they're they're taking orders and they're buying Bitcoin and you know they're um, doing it. I think more as a service. So their gross profit for the year is $1.9 billion. Now they have to use that money to cover their expenses and their total expenses is $1.86 billion. So they're covering their expenses, right? Their expenses is broken up into product development, $670 million for the year, sales and marketing, $620 million, general administrative, $436 million, transaction and loan losses, $126 million. Um, so that's the gist of it, right? So basically on a gap basis, um, Square is breaking even, right? Their gross profit of about $2 billion is covering um, their operating expenses of about $2 billion, right? And so I think if you take out Bitcoin, uh, the $500 million, million or so, the quickest and easiest way to understand Square is you have $4 billion in revenue you have two billion. This is these are super rough numbers. So this is uh, napkin math here. Two billion dollars in gross profit, and you have two billion dollars in expenses, right? And that leaves you with zero. But this is kind of deceiving because uh, with gap profit, right? It actually includes stock-based compensation, which is like stock grants to people. So if you take that out, actually, um, Square actually does see does see positive cash flow. So every quarter, they are actually uh, doing positive cash flow. So it's not um, just like breaking even, not making anything. All right, on the balance sheet side, this is how much money they've got in the bank. Um, at the end of last year, they had about a billion dollars in cash and about a half a billion in short-term securities um, and other assets. I think they were saying they have about $2 billion in their annual report, I think, at the, at the end of the year. It's a decent position for, for um, a company like uh, Square. All right, Square is announcing their and uh, their qu their quarterly report tomorrow at two p.m. Pacific time, and uh, you can go ahead and go to their website and see um, uh, their uh, report. And what I'm looking for is first, I'm going to look for uh, the number of ca monthly Cash App users. I want I want to see it increase, right? Probably from twenty four million to let's say thirty million or so, and I want to see that number of the annual kind of revenue that they're getting for each or run rate for each 
monthly active square customer to move up from $30 hopefully and um, yeah I'm okay with on the cash apps on the seller ecosystem with some decreased activity and with some poor guidance right because I think the square play for the future is uh, gonna be on the cash app side and integrating the, obviously the cash app with the seller ecosystem and also growing the internet right side as well but there's a lot of legs to square and um, hopefully we'll get some more insight uh, into Square. Uh, yesterday um, or today, Square was up um, $3 to $66. And um, their market cap is $30 billion. And their, um, yeah, over the year range, I don't have this chart, but um, yeah, at the bottom, it was around, what, uh, in the 30s, right? Um, when the bottom hit like over a month ago. Um, so yeah, Square has done well in the past month, almost doubling in the past month. All right, so in terms of like, um, in terms of, um, yeah, uh, do I suggest buying Square or not? And and I, I kind of refrain from, you know, making your decisions. You need to make your own decisions with investing. Um, and I can say for myself, I like to take my time. I like to research thoroughly. I like to um, read the annual reports, the quarterly reports, look into interviews, try out the product, like go into user feedback and really have more of a long-term view. I think um, sometimes it's easy to be quickly, you know, I, I'm okay with myself jumping in with a small exploratory position to get motivated to try to research the app. But for larger positions, I'm really kind of one that um, tries to research greater. And there's always, there's always a lot of risk with stocks, right? Uh, you don't know how things are happening. Uh, this is a $30 billion company, right? And a lot of things can go wrong. And a lot of the value of the company is, is because of their future growth potential, right? And so if something goes wrong big time with the company, right, this investment can go down significantly. So I just want you guys to, to be aware of that. All right, so I want to go ahead and um, uh, go ahead with the rest of the time. Uh, yesterday, we had some great questions in the live show that I was not able to address. So I just want to quickly go through those because I, I know people took a lot of time to ask those questions. Um, this is before and I already go, went ahead and answered that. Steven says, I believe China is a massive opportunity that people un are underestimating. Your opinion on China market for Tesla in the next four years? Yeah, I think uh, I completely agree. China is a huge market. Uh, biggest auto market in the world and um, I think Tesla is a great brand and their pricing right I mean after incentives I think it's like 38,000 something for the Model 3 made in China I think it's a great um, product um, we're gonna see some good things out of China and that's yeah definitely you know I think the, the timing is right for China um, Nathan says question are you invested in Bitcoin at all if so why or why not the short reason is a uh, short answer is no I don't have Bitcoin um, I was actually kind of you know, I thought the risk reward was worth it when Bitcoin was like around 500, Ethereum was under 20. And I have this long story, this interesting story. I was like in this, um, I was really sick with this massive like um, kind of bronchitis, asthma thing that I was like for weeks, I was just like having a hard time breathing. And um, I was researching, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum. I wanted to get Ethereum. Ethereum was like 12, 13 bucks. And, um, uh, and I wanted to get some Bitcoin. Right? Bitcoin was like, I think, 400 or something and I was like trying to get a decent amount actually and that's the, I think that was my uh my pitfall where um I was basically trying to get the Bitcoin in person in hand I didn't want to go through Coinbase or anything I wanted to get it and so I was like trying to meet up with people meet up with the, the actual people with Bitcoin and actually get the transaction done and 
that just took a long I, and I contacted several people uh, to to execute like ethereum and Bitcoin and and uh, ended up just being so sick and then you know the price went up but I didn't feel like the risk reward was worth it after it kind of shot up and I think over time actually I become less bullish on Bitcoin um, and large part of the reason is I don't think it's going to replace fiat currency in the bigger money system I think it's it's more of a, a niche type of financial system it's just too expensive right the computing power for transactions is too expensive for ju to justify all of transactions to be on the on that blockchain right I think there's gonna be a better database right and um, yeah I mean personally I, I I'd rather invest in square than than Bitcoin to tell you the truth um, yeah so uh, Oyen is question Tesla and impact of different US election results yeah so you have Biden against Trump things can change though who knows right lots of stuff can change um, I think Tesla does well in either case um, but you know that's my opinion um, I don't think there's hopefully not going to be a huge impact that's my just opinion right now Alex says have you thought about buying cruise or airline stocks during this pandemic because it's so cheap yeah now I'm not I'm like um, I'll pick up some companies if I think they're quality companies but airlines and cruise companies man I just don't see like the next few years doing um, them doing well right in terms of their business uh, Justin says Tesla stock price is 760 is this a sustainable price for a stock in the midst of a global pa pandemic yeah this is um, the question of the day right is um like, these companies like a lot of times they they go high and you're like what's going on like you know um, uh, is it worth it at this price and that's where it's like um, I think I did this video it's like how to value Tesla and I kind of look forward two years out with about a uh, two two and a half years out with one million cars and I worked backward and did the back and did the napkin math and I felt like yeah I thought it was a decent price right 750 back before the pandemic but now the pandemic is here you know we're still at 760 or so I think it's optimistically priced but who knows I mean Maybe the recovery does well, you know, and faster. And maybe the quantitative easing program, you know, does do a number, you know, to the value of money where the money value kind of lowers. And you see some equity stocks like Tesla and other kind of good balance sheet growth stocks just actually take off to all time highs because of just the limited quantity of those. So there's a lot of question marks with all of that. Uh, Matthew says question do you have any opinion on 30 million unemployed yeah I think this unemployed number is is insane I think it's gonna take a while longer than people think to work through this number um, yeah I could see unemployment be pretty high for quite a while um, and last question is market my coworker that worked for Tesla early on always bashed Elon and claimed that he isn't the real founder and other comments along these lines do you know what they're talking about yeah there's there's a lot of uh, FUD from shorts and uh, yeah, they claim a lot of different things. But now Elon was a founder. You can look at, you know, he, and here's the thing: if you're gonna put up the the majority of cash, right, tens of millions of dollars, like into the company, like yeah, you're a founder as much as anyone else. But anyways, yeah, and Elon does did uh, input a lot into the strategy into the beginning as well. All right. Um, Um, I'm kind of running a bit late, so this is another live show um, with Dave Lee on Investing. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, go ahead and um, hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed this video. Um, that will help you know get the word out. And go ahead um, if you can. I think adding comments after the video ends actually helps the algorithm too. So if I'm going to end this video in about 10 seconds, if you can go ahead and um, add a comment and 
you know, maybe put down like, you know, what type of stocks you're invested in or, you know, um, yeah, when you think Tesla factory will open up, it doesn't really matter the comment, I think. Just put some comment, right? And that's going to help. And think about it. You've watched this video for like 50 minutes, right? So I think, um, yeah, it's uh, the least you can do. Take 10 seconds and add a comment, put the like button. This will help this channel get the video out and make these videos, you know, um, easier to make in the future. All right, guys, good luck and we'll see you guys in the next video. Thanks. Bye.